From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to episode number 107 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. If you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate it if you went over to iTunes and rated the podcast. And on my website at unpluganxiety.com, you can send me podcast topics or questions. When you go to the podcast section of my website, at the bottom of the page, send me a topic and that'll come directly to my email and I'll be sure to uh, put it on the show. Now, when I was suffering from anxiety, I had a lot of fears and above those fears, I had a lot of thoughts, negative thoughts. And I would think sometimes of loved ones dying. And then I would question myself and say, why did I think that? And I would react with high emotion towards those thoughts. And I would think I'm going crazy. I would think I'm a bad person, that I should be locked up, that I'm not like anybody else. So I really backed myself into a corner and I put myself into this box thinking I'm the only one like this and that you know these negative thoughts are not normal, but they are normal. And so in this podcast episode, I really want to talk about that. I want to talk about negative thoughts and what's really under the surface, what's generating these thoughts. And then I want to talk about techniques, techniques to combat these uh, negative thoughts so you can loosen your grip over them. Because the more emotion you give these negative thoughts, the more they're going to stick around. Because you're attaching a lot of value towards these certain thoughts. Now, thoughts, they generate emotions, right? And we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. I think it's close to 70,000 thoughts or more, but it's somewhere around there. It's a lot of thoughts, right? And each thought generates an emotion, And so you have a lot of negative thoughts, you're going to feel bad, right? And, and here's the thing about the, the thoughts about a loved one dying, right? Here's the thing about that. The fact that you get a negative emotion from that certain thought of hurting somebody or, or a loved one dying, that emotion means that negative emotion means that you don't really want that thought to happen but the anxiety sufferer misinterprets that they they believe that thinking that certain thought is is a bad thing and they feel ashamed and guilty for it and that they think that is going to come true but that's the thing, right? It's the fact that you even show negative emotion 
while thinking that thought of that loved one means that you don't really want it to come true. So why are you beating yourself up over thinking that thought? Right? That's a really important question right there. And it's also important to understand that what you imagine in your mind, you 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 believe that'll come true, right? What you imagine, your mind thinks that it's real. And that's why a lot of negative emotion, high emotion comes when a thought like that arises. Negative thoughts at the beginning of your day, so say at the at the start of your day, you have a you have a negative thought, right? And it, and it you 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 it it provides a lot of negative emotion towards you, but then you push it aside, and then throughout the day you're reactive to a lot of things because now you're in this negative bubble caused by by that original thought. And then you come home to your partner and then they do something small to upset you and you react. It upsets you, but it overly upsets you. And then they realize, oh man, Brad's upset. Brad's really upset. There's something bothering him. And so they ask you, okay, Brad, what's bothering you? And then I'll, I'll be like, well, I don't even know. I don't, I can't even find the the original cause of why I'm in this mood, right? You have to really dig deep. You'll maybe first you'll blame them or you're the one who caused it, but then you'll think of a few other things that happened today. Someone cut me off. You know, my boss didn't like the project that I did, but it, 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 it originally came from that strong emotion from the, first thought of the day, that very first negative uh, experience that you've had, something you thought about something, oh my, maybe this was the original thought. You were thinking that, you know, I'm never going to lose this weight. And then that snowballed. And then you pushed that aside. And then you didn't look at yourself in the mirror. And then you went up, went about your day. But then it's that, it's at that point when your partner asks you, you know, what, why are you feeling like this? You can't even remember the original cause because you've let that snowball uh, roll down that hill throughout the whole day. And so when it came to negative thoughts about my family members dying, there were underlying fears that needed to be addressed that really uh, brought about these negative thoughts. And one was the fear of losing that loved one. And and it's because of that love and attention. The fear of losing love and that attention. So anxiety sufferers get a lot of attention because they become dependent on the loved one for that reassurance. They feel like they're wanted, right? And that's a really important point. They, they feel loved and wanted because the, the 
loved one who's consoling you, right, and and saying everything is going to be okay, you know, there's nothing wrong with you, you feel good in that moment, you feel like a connection, but it's a bad connection, right, because now you're dependent on that person for that reassurance. And anxiety becomes an excuse not to change. It really does. Um, For me, anxiety uh, became a reason to avoid work because I wasn't comfortable going into work uh, in the film industry. As I've mentioned many times on the on the podcast, I, I avoided going in because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to be late. All of these what-ifs would pop up, and I would avoid going in, and I used anxiety, but I, I misinterpreted anxiety as being, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I just, you know, I... I I don't feel right. It doesn't feel right. It's always that I. it doesn't feel right. And it's always that when it feels right, I'm going to do it. But it's never going to feel right. And that's the thing that really uh, pushed me down into that hole, right? And it pushed me down into my safe zone. I was afraid of going out there and failing. Because in my mind, I believed, okay, when it when it feels right, it's going to happen, but it never happened, right? So anxiety becomes an excuse. It's an excuse to stay close with your your loved ones and your friends, your negative friends. And, you know, it becomes an excuse to uh, eat that junk food because it makes you feel good for that moment, right? And it's like, if I don't eat this, then, you know, what else do I have? And you make an excuse and it's the only thing in my life that's really good right now. And we become so attached to these external, uh, external things, right? It could be people, it could be uh, things as well. And so the second fear was the fear of being alone. If I change, I get over my anxiety, will these people not want to be around me anymore? Because anxiety, this identity has become who you are now. So when you change, how you how would these people respond to this change? Your negative friends might not connect with you anymore. So are you willing to sacrifice those friends to overcome anxiety and to become a better person? That's another important point, right? And so if those people aren't around, how how will you survive, right? You become dependent on them for that reassurance. And the anxiety sufferer has become this dependent entity that you, you cling onto these people because they pat you on the back and say, you're okay the way you are. You're okay the way you are. Let's go smoke pot and watch movies all day. And then what happens when you leave your friend's house, all of your insecurities, guilt, shames bubble up to the surface and then you feel bad. And then you want to go hang out with that friend again to avoid, right? The facing that anxiety when you're alone, those negative thoughts when you're alone. So 
I needed to become the person who is comfortable in their own skin, the person who embodies safety, to have a tool belt of tools ready at hand to handle the challenges that life inevitably throws our way. The anxiety sufferer doesn't know and trust themselves. And they feel that they will lose control and not know what to do and not have those people close to them, around them for that help when that situation comes. And I wasn't comfortable with myself. And so family was always there. Ex-relationships, right, were there. And negative friends. And for that reassurance, to fill that void, that open wound. And they always said, you're okay the way you are. And I always felt like if I changed, then I'll lose these people. But I was really suffering internally. I, I, I wanted to change, but I was confused. So those thoughts of family dying is a message from your unconscious mind. And when you begin to question these thoughts, you will find that they are not your true desires, that you really don't want this to happen to them. Now, you have to ask yourself, when a negative thought comes into your mind about someone you love dying, ask yourself and really ask yourself, do I really want this? Do I really want this? Do I actually want this to come true? And you'll come up with the answer. And I started to do this when a negative thought would pop in and the voice inside me said, no, I don't want this to actually come true. And this was a relief to me because I viewed that voice as the true, the true voice. You know, like when you start to really question these irrational thoughts, you're going to discover the truth beneath that, right? Do you really want this to happen? No. Oh, it's so it's just this negative thought. So where did this negative thought come from? Well, like I said before, underlying fears, underlying fears. And I'll tell you something, the more independent I became throughout my recovery journey, the more these thoughts loosened and, and, and diminished, the less and less negative thoughts I got because I, I started to trust myself. And I, I trusted my beliefs more firmly the further I got in my recovery journey. And so when these thoughts popped up, I was like, do I really believe this thought? And I'd be like, of course I don't want this to come true. I don't really think this way. And then that loosened my grip. I didn't hold on to it because the more emotion you give towards these thoughts, the more they're going to stick around. Because like I said before, the unconscious is going to be like, oh, Brad finds this valuable to him. So let's keep this thought at the forefront of his mind. And so that's why you're walking around and these thoughts just seem like they're just taunting you. They're just coming and coming and coming. And you're like, oh my God, I think I'm going crazy. I think I'm an evil person, right? 
I feel ashamed for thinking these, these things. But you have to question them. And so this technique of questioning these thoughts loosens the negative connection you once put on it. And another powerful technique is the reverse what-if technique. So, you know, we get all, all, all of these what-if thoughts, but reverse it. What if my family does survive and, and live to be 100 years old? What if I overcome anxiety? What if I lose this weight? What if I can control these negative thoughts? Instead of, what if my family dies tomorrow, my son passes away, or what if my wife has a heart attack and and passes away? Instead of all of these negative thoughts, switch it around. Very powerful Anxiety sufferers become so reactive to every new negative thought because they're in this sensitized state and everything is too much as it is. Even adding a toothpick to an overflowing garbage can can make it topple over, right? So adding that little piece of garbage on top of a huge mountain of garbage is overwhelming and the garbage could topple over and cause an even bigger mess. That's the dragon of chaos growing over time, right? It's the garbage is piling up. So everything that comes into an anxiety sufferer's world, like that negative thought, is just too much. It sends them into uh, an, uh, an even more highly sensitized state, right? So it's about battling this inner dialogue with yourself and developing a new dialogue with yourself. Another powerful technique is the I regret that technique where it's as it's so simple. What I would do was going through my recovery. When I would get a negative thought, I would say to myself, I reject that thought. I reject that pushed it out of my mind. I would imagine the thought coming into my mind I would react to it, but then I would say I reject it. And I, I I would imagine the thought floating out of my mind into space, leaving my mind. Because I it's about how much emotion are you going to attach to that thought? The more emotion, the more it sticks around. So watching it come and go is a very powerful technique. It's a funny way. It's a not fun, a funny way, but it's a powerful way to... Uh, to loosen your grip over them. And then another technique is the funny voice where the thought comes into your mind, you react to it, but then you you say the thought back to yourself in a funny cartoon character voice. Pick somebody who you wouldn't really listen to in real life, like Homer Simpson. Would you really take his advice No, because he's a bumbling fool, right? So say the voice back in Homer Simpson's voice. That that thought, right? Say it back in Homer Simpson's voice, and you'll find that, oh, you know, this is it's so it's silly. When you start to look at it from a different perspective, it seems silly, right? 
And so that's a very powerful technique. And so the more you challenge that negative internal dialogue, the more you dissolve that previous emotional connection you created over that thought. It's time to control your thoughts and what you react to rather than them controlling you. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.